Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Pookish Podcast. Today, I am once again joined by Candace, and we are going to be continuing on with Interview with a Vampire. Hi! We're getting into juicy tidbits, the tasty sure little are. morsels. This is like sure. the spice of this book. I don't know anything besides this now. This is all caught up <laughs> for us. Once we finish today's episode, I will not know anything in the future. Correct. So it can only go probably, I don't think it's going to go uphill. I feel like it's going to go downhill from here based off of where we left. I mean. (laughs) It's juicy. So that's all that matters, right? I mean, like there's a fucking child vampire. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty fucking juicy. Now reading this though, I wonder if like this is the child vampire. Well, obviously, I think Twilight was based off of this moment. Um, but Renesme, yeah, I'm wondering for anyone in in any book ever. Literally, the worst, the absolute worst. (laughs) I do kind of wonder if the um, we're supposed to think that this is like real, and in Twilight that you know this is the original child vampire. You know, that like apparently turned a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering. It. Yeah, if this was the OG. Yeah. In that sense, in that universe. I feel like it's super scary though, because like Claudia is like so beautiful and pretty. And like mm-hmm. I feel like I would have absolutely fallen for her trick. Like I would have seen this little girl like, Mama, where's my mama? And I would have been like, Oh, mon cher, tiny baby, come here, let me pick you up. And then she would have eaten me, and that would have been the end of it. I would fall for it. I don't, 10 I don't, out of 10. I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't like children. So I don't think I'd pick up a kid. You know, I'd be like, um, you s- uh, hold on. Just sit tight. We're going to find an adult. See, I will like, find I, you. Normally, I would agree with you. Because yeah. normal children are sticky and snotty and covered in stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're loud, right? But this child is like a fancy doll sitting in the street crying on a bench with a cup of hot chocolate in her hand. Like, she's not... Like, I feel like that's part of why she's such a great that's predator. Fair. Because they work yeah. so hard to, like, make her... Like, they give her all the clothes that she wants. Like, she has everything she could ever want because of that and Louis are rich. And they dress her in these, like, fine... In this finery and these, like, beautiful linens and, like, mm-hmm. beautiful shoes with, like, fancy buckles. and You know what I mean? Like, she yeah. looks expensive. So I feel mm-hmm. like people would look at her and be like, oh, that must be like a member of the, you know, of the nobility or something like that. Like this girl must belong to somebody who's like important. Right. So like that's where the trap, because like, I mean, if I'm on a plane and there's a child sitting in the seat in front of me, I'm like, can someone switch with me? <laughs> I, I don't right. like being near children like that. Um, I had a child who had a hand full of peanut butter and jelly once put it in my hair on a plane to San Diego Comic-Con. So understand not interested in most children like that Awful. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was terrible like it was it got progressively closer and closer like the hand to my head and my face and I just kept leaning back until eventually I couldn't lean anymore and this kid was like his feet were on like the back of the chair in front of him and he was like like basically prone but over top the top of the seat on the airplane to like reach me and like touch my forehead and my hair and I got like jam in my like all in the front of my head. It was just really, and his parents were not adequately apologetic. So the whole experience was just terrible. 
Um, but you will not, you will not get such things from this fancy yeah. vampire child. This fancy vampire child is like my outfit costs more than your entire wardrobe. So pick I me up. Can't, <laughs> I can't imagine being like a hundred years old, trapped in the body of a child. Like mentally, you'd go crazy. Yeah, you'd go mentally, nuts. is she growing? Yeah, I don't so, know. So mentally, like I feel like when she turns, like Lestat. Lestat doesn't care. He's just trying to, like, trap Louis. So he doesn't really give a shit. He doesn't really notice. Um, but, like, Louis, when he's looking at her, I feel like one of the things he says is, like, she already had the eyes of a woman. Like, after she became a vampire. Because there's mm-hmm. a knowing that you get with that power of yeah. the supernatural. So, like, having that, like, already made her grow up. And yeah. I feel like... I kind of like how, how Rice kind of pushes us along, too, in the book with time. Because mm-hmm. these characters don't age. So, like, time is, like, even more of a construct than it would be in another book, right? Like, mm-hmm. 25 years, 50 years in, like, the notebook is very different than 25, 50 years in a book about vampires, right? Like, they, they're not going to change, like, by, by their nature. Yeah. They're always going to be the same. So, like, that's what I feel is really the trick is, like, the way Claudia talks and how mm-hmm. the questions that she asks. I feel like that's the way that we know that she's growing older when she starts yeah. kind of having her existential crisis. Which, like, yeah. that's familiar territory for me. Lots of existential yeah. crises <laughs> over here. The other thing I wonder, though, too, is, like, I feel like you can never have an adult relationship in that sort of situation. I mean, you can with a fucking creep. Yeah. Like, I feel like you're always <laughs> going to be exposed to pedophiles. Yeah. You know that's what I mean? Essentially, that's essentially who you're working with. Um, Octavia Butler has a book called Fledgling that's about mm-hmm. um, a black girl vampire. And um, she made her her protagonist mm-hmm. 12. Like, she looks like a 12-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is definitely worse, because five, right? But, like, yeah. her character's a 12-year-old girl and does have, like, interest in romantic and sexual relationships. And so it talks about, like, the navigation of that and how this girl... Like, I found it interesting that she put this in the book, but, like, the girl basically is, like, acknowledges that there are pedophiles. So sometimes she feeds off of pedophiles. Like, if someone approaches her and seems too eager to be with her, despite being 12, they have no hesitation. Their heart mm-hmm. doesn't catch in their throat in, like, a way that means they're scared or nervous. She eats them because she's like, this person is obviously a bad person. He wanted me because I was young. But if, he, if yeah. she meets somebody and uses, like, her glamour on them and they're interested and she can, like, tell that their intentions are pure, then she'll, then she'll stay around them. But, like, it's an interesting call-out, and I I did wonder, like, when I was reading it, I was like, I wonder if that's, like, a call-out um, to kind of circumnavigate, like, this situation. Because, like, in the movie, they, they have to age her up. You can't have a five-year-old actress portraying this, like, sexy vampire. Like, it's hard yeah. enough having Kirsten Dunst at, like, 12 playing Claudia. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, let alone mm-hmm. a five-year-old. So, it's... It was definitely an interesting choice to make. I feel like if this book were written now, she would not be five. Yeah. <laughs> um so you know we get the out of story experience where Louis like hey interviewer are you still like afraid of me were you cool and like guys like i literally don't even know how to feel but like could you get back to the story please which is uh <laughs> same energy <laughs> same energy i love that reaction it's very good yeah, I need more information before I can make a decision. Could you? Uh... <laughs> Big same. Like, I'm just imagining that at this point, he's been telling this story probably for a couple hours. Yeah. And like, 
you know, Louis like, before I continue, do you have like bathroom or anything? And the guy's like, bathroom? At a time like this? this? (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about child vampires, you asshole. Keep talking. Yeah, he's like, please continue. Um, I've gotten a lot of questions. Anyways, Claudia, what was her name? (laughs) Not what was her name. What was her deal, you know? Yeah. So... Louis like, all right, back to my downward spiral. So um, <laughs> he's like, I couldn't handle all of this. Uh, so yeah, I was just kind of killing to survive. Claudia's learning everything really fast. Um, she also likes to play with her kills like her father, which was <laughs> a good moment where he's like acting like they're the actual parents. Of oh, yeah. Claudia. Big time. Louis is obviously the mom. Um, yeah. And like... I love how he like scolds both of them too. Can you guys mm-hmm. stop bringing carcasses here? Like they're like, all right, geez, you're so uptight, dad. Like very yeah. like Lestat is not the dad. He is the older brother and Louis is parenting both of them. If we're going to be real. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It Claudia like- is his friend, not Lestat's daughter. <laughs> yeah. It felt like that moment where, you know, when someone marries and it's always, they marry a man and that they refer to that man as their child Mm -hmm. that's the situation we're in yeah super awkward yeah (laughs) except like most of your grandparents these people hate their spouse yep yeah like i'm not about that life yeah literally he's like you know the real ball and chain yeah no um so after years, Louis just realizing that Claudia won't grow up. And at this point, it seems like it's probably been about 20 years. And he's like, I don't think she's going to grow anymore, <laughs> which is my favorite thing that it, you know, because from like five to seven, there's a huge like growth, you know, yep. five year olds year over year are going to grow pretty quickly. Like it's going to be a lot of noticeable change change. And so the fact that it probably took him multiple years to even notice kind of makes me giggle. Yeah. I also feel like the, like this, this, like, I feel like it, it speaks volumes, especially of Lestat that they don't notice because there's other yeah. things that are happening to her that they're not noticing. Right. Like they're not noticing that she like stays out late by herself. Sometimes they're not noticing that like she's, like more withdrawn or that she talks a little bit less she takes more time answering right like there's mm-hmm. these little things that like louis like telling this to the boy is recognizing and realizing right is that these are things that he wasn't noticing but they're mm-hmm. things that like were still on his radar he just wasn't kind of commenting on them um yeah. and i love that like i really like that slow burn like it only it happens over the course of like what maybe 10 pages but like i love the slow burn of her just like Cause like, it's like 10 pages and you're like through, I think 40 years or something like that. Like it's been 40 years suddenly and he's bought, you know, a new house and a new place on the square. And like, there's like a fancy area behind it and blah, blah, blah. Right. There's all the stuff that like they're, they're doing to change their lifestyle in the city and make things better for themselves and for Claudia. But like, Mm -hmm. they're not actively paying attention to her and like her journey and what she needs or wants. Mm -hmm. And it is wild. Like it's so wild to like, especially seeing where it like kind of how it ladders up to her curiosity about like her place in the world. Like they do not see that conversation coming. I know it's wild. Like even this next commentary where he 
like Connie is like, hey, I kind of want my own coffin because you know yeah. he's been having her share a coffin with him, right? You know, right? Like she was still five, and like this she's woman, a baby. This, yeah, this woman's probably like fifty at this point. Yeah, you know. Yep. And then yeah. also we get some weird thing about Claudia being obsessed with poverty, which is yeah weird. Which okay, I'm gonna say it. It seems like a lot of rich people get obsessed with poverty. Don't understand yeah. it. Like, just give me your money. I don't know. Like, yeah, you don't have to hand it to me. You don't have to. I be can rich. help you with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll Not relieve you of your pain. Yeah, I know. It's um, so stressful. Let me just I, take your Teslas and your, uh, <laughs> you know, your Maserati. I can drive that too. Who needs to vacation in the south of France again? Again, yeah, south I, of France. Send me, okay? I'll have yeah. a great time for you. I'll take pictures. Yeah. I'll send you my face while I'm eating and drinking all those delicious fineries. I will send um, you back my <laughs> weekly budget and let yes. me know how it goes for you. Yes. Oh, it's cheap compared to what you usually spend. How good for you. Good for you. Okay. Yeah. Like, I think that like the reason that Claudia is so obsessed with poverty is because she doesn't like, again, she doesn't know where she comes from. She's mm-hmm. just always had things like in her mind. She's just like always had this, this rich life. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the moment that she like understands that fills in the gaps of why she's so obsessed with poverty. Yeah. Yeah. And that too, it's like, it's also hard because she's the only vampire that doesn't remember a before. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. also adding to it. Cause every vampire, like while it seems to be kind of foggy or like, through rose-tinted glasses they remember that before and she has no memory of her before not even a little bit and like i feel like that's the biggest difference too like you have those moments where louis like is is being Mm self-reflective and he recognizes that the reason that claudia and lestat can go hunting and are good hunting partners together is because lestat rejects his humanity and claudia Mm -hmm. has never really had any because yeah. children children operate on their most base instincts like that's what raising a child is right is like ripping kind of like kind of not ripping away but like separating those like very instinctual processes that kids are you know the kids exhibit those behaviors that they exhibit because they're just like literally tabula rasa you know when they're born um mm-hmm. so like all those instinctual things like crying because you're cold crying as a, as a reaction to stimuli instead of understanding it and talking about it right can you make it warmer in here? Like that's something mm-hmm. a kid has to learn, right? They don't know that. They just scream and somebody changes it. So like the idea that like making a child, because that's something that, that I don't think I really understood when I read this when I was younger was like the depth of meaning of changing it, of, of making a child into a vampire because like mm-hmm. they have no understanding of the world around them. So to go from like little understanding to vampire understanding where you're like seeing people's heartbeats and shit, like, yeah. Like she's she's basically like a very fancy polished wild animal. Like that's basically mm-hmm. what she is until she can finally learn how to rein it in. Well, that too, and it's like for kids. Like think about it. Like most two year olds will smack the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Imagine you give that two year old vampire strength. No. Yeah. No, thank or you. Or like you know how like little kids just like bite you. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank no. you. No. Or it, I had this conversation with, like Daniel always brings us up about what if Moon was the size of a panther? No. And I'm like, 
he's like, would you still love her? Like, it's like the, I mean, I yes. Yeah. I'm but like, I would yeah, be dead. she would kill me. <laughs> yes. Or, Probably you know, by accident. <laughs> we do this thing where moon, like, you know how, like when Darth Vader goes to like choke someone out with the force, he like does his mm-hmm. open hand grab like a little Lego hand. Yeah. We do that to moon. And that means like, that's what, brings moon to us to like play that's like Mm -hmm. our play face like hold on i'll do it really quick so you can see it listeners don't get that great bit of okay or fall over let me see let's see if we'll do it i don't know if she'll do it she's on my thing but hold on can you see her well enough from right there yes are you not gonna do it because you're on camera No? Okay. She's All like, right, I'm not gonna she's like, I'm not gonna do it for the paparazzi. That's yeah. our special private thing that we do. I'm not doing she, it on camera she's gonna do so it your now. friend she's can see. Yeah. All right, never mind. Fuck me, it's fine. Um I'll get a video of it later. <laughs> How are you not doing it right now? This is your favorite thing. Okay. Really? I can show you her tricks really quick though while she's right here. Ready? Let's see. If you'll do that. <laughs> Hey, pay attention to me. Moon. Sit. <laughs> Moon. Here, sit. Come on, really? Moon. All right, never mind. Fine. Go do your own thing. Never she mind. knows what you're trying to do, and she's unimpressed. Okay. <laughs> sit. Moon, uh. what the fuck, dude? Moon. Sit. Or lay down. That's you know what? That's fine. You're pouring up a little storm there, even though you're not listening to your mother. <laughs> we do it She's now? real cute though, and she knows it. No? Okay, fine, fine. You can just mind your own business over there then. Never mind. No. Anyways. I'm not interested. Yeah. So I compare moon versus Puma Moon to the same thing with Claudia versus Vampire Claudia. Yeah. You know, like Danger Zone. Terrifying. Absolutely yeah. horrifying. Well, I mean, then those then those those two people, their servants go missing. Mm-hmm. It's like the the wife, I think, and and daughter of like someone that's like local. Yeah, it's uh, the mother and the daughter of a servant, and then I think he also worked for the house at yeah. some point. Yeah. Yeah, this was like the first real indicator, this, like, just how much time has passed that they started using the word servant. I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Oh, I it's see. been a while. <laughs> you know? But, yeah. yeah. Right. So, Claudia kills them and stuffs them. Oh, the father, never mind. I thought I knew the answer. I think they're farmers or something. But yeah, yeah. So the father and the brother, Lestat kills them to prevent questions, which is right. Ex- way to handle. Yeah, excessive. <laughs> so, but like, does that? But then it's like, why did she murder these people? And it's like, I mean, you're doing the same. Yeah. No. Literally. But like I think I think that's the moment when she finally breaks and has her like big moment of questioning because she's like there's something 
and that's and that I think is also like it ties back to the fact that she has no like memory right of being mm-hmm. human because there's something that draws her to the mother-daughter relationship and we know that when she was found it was in the mother-daughter situation um mm-hmm. and that's super hurtful like that's so like when I read that like it crushed me I'm very close to my mom and I'm like, if I were a vampire, I'd probably go looking for a mom too, or like try to turn my mom into a vampire so that we could be friends forever. But like, Fair. I just, it just, it hurts, it hurts really bad to see. Um, because like, it's just so obvious that like, these two men have not thought at all about this situation that they've created outside of what it does for them. Yeah. And her rage is like so keen and fucking like, incisive like what she's like she just knocks them blows them away which one of you made me what i am like who did this to me like Mm -hmm. i fucking hate this like whoa it's like it's like teen angst times a thousand well because it's the worst part too is that like there's no way to fix this for her no like you can't like age yourself up at all yep only death will fix it yeah so it's like for her to continue her life she has to continue living with what they did to her every single day Mm -hmm. and the implications that has with all of her relationships outside of these people because you know if she wants to leave them and live outside of that situation like she's gonna be treated like a child forever Mm -hmm. she'll never have that level of respect and then like like I know what happens later in the book, so I'm not going to spoil. Mm-hmm. But I will say this is like a good thing to revisit in later chapters because it does come up again in a very interesting way. Um, like this whole idea of like being unchangeable and what that means both for herself and for the people around her. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that childlike curiosity very quickly turns to like the curiosity of a predator. Um, and like, I think that like her rage is so understandable, especially like when you think like she's not having sexual or romantic like instances with people, right? Like the most romantic that she really gets is like with Lestat and Louis, like those are like her most romantic relationships and they're not really like romantic, right? They're more like just deep love. Um, and I feel like when she starts realizing that romantic love is an option, when she realizes that like motherly love is an option and she sees all these different types of love that are, that are inaccessible to her. That's when it finally, like uh, the other shoe finally drops. And it's mm-hmm. terrifying, like to read that as somebody who like, I'm non-binary, but like, I also identify as a woman and mm-hmm. like knowing what it's like feeling isolated as a woman, right? Feeling like the choices have been made for you by people who don't understand and could never understand your situation. Like Mm -hmm. that's so oppressive. So to consider that when you are a even less empowered because you're a child and B you're less empowered because of the timeline, right? Even if she was a woman, she'd still not really be able like to be super safe by herself. Right. And then C on top of all of that, the people who did this to you, it's not even like it's just people reacting, right? Like when you're, let's say you have a day and you have your period and you're like miserable and you're like, listen, I can't work. I've thrown up three times for my cramps. Like I just need to go lie down. And your male boss is like shrug, right? Like that's awful. That's not something yeah. that he did to you. That's something he's denying you because he can't understand where you're coming from and that you have an ex- you have, you have exigent circumstances that you need 
me that need immediate attention and relief, right? Mm-hmm. But when you like look at your situation, you have that same emotion. But a man did this to you, like I can't even imagine. I can't even mm-hmm. imagine. I can't mm-hmm. even like, like the hatred she must feel, like the hatred, yeah. the pure rage. And I mean, she gets mad, like she goes off, like Cisco's like fucking ape shit, <laughs> like. And I can't even be mad at her. Like I'm reading how like terrible she's being to Louis in the set, and I'm kind of like shrug. I mean, yeah, get God, yes, <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally fucked around literally found out i don't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we gonna say about it yeah and louis all like yeah she started pulling away from me that kind of you sucks. don't say I'm like yeah <laughs> then is like can someone please like give me can someone download me on how this happened like can you give me information and Lestat like laughs in her face and i'm just like that must yeah. just i mean the like, thing that's terrifying to me though is claudia was like so, like, could you tell me how to turn someone into a vampire? And I'm like, oh, my God, she's going to have like, her entire little army. You know, like, she's going to make yes. herself a five-year-old husband. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Because like, in a child's mind, she wants a boyfriend. She'll just make one, you know? Oh, my God. She's, that's what I'm, like, she's stuck at five. I have a feeling she's going to make somebody else stuck at five so that they can be together once in like 50 years when the dude mentally yep. ages up enough but like that's what i feel like's going to happen you know what yeah. i mean well it's like literal lost boy shit yeah mhm yeah scary i'm spooked scary. i was i was stressed when yeah. she was like oh how do you do that i'm like uh, don't tell her like <laughs> no well i mean what's good is that we've got fucking like brazen ass fucking like shitty shit Lestat who's like mm-hmm. I'm not telling you anything I don't have to tell you a word it is yeah. mine to know this is my power I wield it however I want no one else has this power and she's like looking at Louie like you're good with this you're fine yeah. this is okay with you you think this is okay Literally. I think that I think that the moment that like really like turned my head <laughs> was that moment when she like questions Louie like in a serious way for the first time. And Louis is like taken aback by it. Cause like, he's been like going through the motions. Like, like you said, like he started like doing his whole, like, I guess I'll just like feed. I guess I got to kill people. I'm going to try and leave him alive if I can't. Like he absolutely fucking like drinks the Kool-Aid, right? He has his baby and he's like thrilled. He has his daughter and he drinks the Kool-Aid to like set a good, be a good role model set, you know, good examples for her and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But like, he hates every second of his life. And she like looks at him and is like, you're obviously miserable. I know you hate this life. Why are you doing this? Like, I'm half your age, literally, <laughs> in many ways, more ways than one. And I'm not putting mm-hmm. up with this bullshit. Why are you sitting here like things are fine? What's wrong mm-hmm. with you? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like everybody has that moment with their parent. Like, eventually you get to an age where you're just like, what are you doing to your parent about something? Um, but this feels, this hits different. Like, this is very, <laughs> like, she straight up looks him in his face and is like, what is what's wrong with you like why are you like this it's so good (laughs) so good yeah and then louis tells claudia that he was the one who drank from her and that he basically killed her but like no he didn't i don't know why he like owns up to it when it's because he's a fucking martyr that's why for the exact reason she calls him out like 
Yeah. Why are, why are you hiding behind this asshole? Like, he's a shithead. Like, he's a piece of shit. Like, do you not yep. notice that he's terrible? And Louis's like, I've literally known that he's been terrible this entire time. She's like, <laughs> what are you still doing here then? Like, yeah. Oh, I see. So he made me to trap you. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I still hate both of you. So <laughs> like, she's yeah. still like, like she gives this whole tirade and like, yo, Oscar award winning performance for Claudia in this scene. Mm-hmm. Like she fucking tears him apart. Like she brutalizes him. And at the end, like Lestat's like, like Lestat is like everyone's shitty fucking dad. Like I swear to God, <laughs> when yeah. somebody has a shitty dad, right? In any TV, movie show, movie, book, anything, right? Like when any, mm-hmm. whenever anybody has a really shitty dad, like this is Lestat. Can you talk to her, please? Like this is your fault. You did yeah. this. Why do I need to talk to her? You did this. Like I drank from her. I felt bad about it. I could have been sitting here moping and being emo the rest of my life and it would mm-hmm. have been fine. But instead you decided to turn her into a vampire and now everyone's upset. I hope you're happy. Why yeah. doesn't anyone ever say this to Lestat? We'll never know, truly. Like, he doesn't have a chance to learn his lesson. I don't think he would anyway because he's terrible. But still, like, I mean, someone should have been, you know, on it and fucking informed him of his his misdeeds. Because, like, dude is walking around like everything's fine and no yeah. one is happy, like, except for yep. that. <laughs> and then we find out Claudia is 65 at this point, yes. too. Yes. As- How exhausting. Can you imagine? Like... I mean, the only five years of people giving you wooden toys for your birthday. Oh Here you go. God. Yeah. The only nice <laughs> Here's part a is book your about learning how to read. Apart. Yeah. I guess. But even yes. then, can you imagine like 65 years of walking as fast as a kid can walk because your legs are small? No. Yo, it would no. take forever to get everywhere. People are probably constantly trying to prey on you, too. I imagine there's probably been a million times she's almost been kidnapped. Thank God she's a vampire. Like, yeah. And people always try to pick me up would make me so mad. Yes! Oh, look at you! Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Get away from me. (laughs) I know you've probably experienced this too, but like having not straight hair, people always be like, can I touch your hair? And I'm like, if you touch my hair, I will break your hand. Get away from me. Like, that's the same... Yeah, that's the same part I'm sure Claudia has experienced multiple times is that people just assume she has no bodily autonomy because she looks like a child. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like when you think about it, it's like honestly a, like a genuine betrayal because she has no choice. She has no say in the matter. She can never fix it. She can never change it. All she can do is just literally accept her fate. Like it's honestly the most selfish thing anybody could have really done. And yeah. like Louis feels bad that he drank from her. He feels bad that he he almost killed her. Like he was happy to see that she was still alive. Like, he was like, oh, thank God. And, like, turned on his heel, like, ready to leave. Like, okay, well, she's alive. Anyway, bye. And Lestat's like, oh, no. It's not over yet. And Louis's like, why, why though? Why, why are you like this? Why yeah. are you the way you are? Because, I mean, it would have still been awful if she was, like, 10. Yeah. But be less, less awful. Yes. Only slightly less awful, but still. Slightly like, less awful. Five years old. I feel like Can you imagine kind of- how people probably talk to her? Think about how you talk to a five-year-old. Like a five-year-old, you're like, you're maybe in kindergarten or pre-K. So you're like, hello, my little five-year-old. How are you doing today? To a 65-year-old vampire. You're trying to be nice and now your throat is ripped out and it's not your fault. So 
here's the, like my toxic thing is I don't talk to little kids like they're little kids. I've always just used the same voice with them. I just I don't like to like I well a lot I of be, people say you shouldn't that it's bad for development because they end yeah. up like keeping those things for far too long. Some of them. That's so you're actually doing people favors. You're doing the Lord's work. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just because I don't like talking to kids. But so I just like treat them like mini adults, and I'm like, yeah. you want to talk about your taxes, child? Taxes. <laughs> you know, like I. Uh... Nobody likes talking about taxes. If you do, I immediately don't trust you. Oh, I know. <laughs> See, here's my thing, though. It's like you. If you turn a Gen Z person into a vampire, you know how weird that's going to be? Listen, it'll be a, it'll be a slog. <laughs> it'll be a slog. Louis, what do you mean I can't post my face online? Yeah, I don't have a reflection? Why would you do this to me? <laughs> yeah. Seasonal depression is going to hit worse. I can already feel it. Like, Louis and Lestat would be killed off immediately. Yep. I would... Problematic behavior. Oh, I would strictly drink from terrible people. Yeah. Like, the scum of the earth. I'd be like, oh my god, I accidentally drank too much. What happened? So Go to weird. bars, dance on, dance on the dance floor, having a really good time, fucking doing, like, the latest moves. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Yeah, cool. How do you feel about climate change? It's a rumor. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's Come a dark alley over there. Do you want to hang out for a minute? Or <laughs> Racist? Oh, well... Oh man, let's let's head on outside. I gotta get something yeah. out of my trunk. Yeah, hold well, on. in my trunk. Spoiler yeah. alert: it's you. But come it's on, you. it's gonna be fun. Hey, you want to go back to your place? <laughs> All right, let's do that. <laughs> just invite me does in. Any, does anybody have any, any Molly? Does anybody have that? I need to put that in his drink so people think that I didn't do it. Is there a way <laughs> to like disguise? No, PC. Is there a drug of some kind anyone has here? No, we're we're clean these days. Well, <sighs> that's fine. It's okay. I'll come up with something. You guys stuck to your dare petitions? <sighs> what town are we in? Where am I at? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, no. Amazing. Amazing. No It'd be that one vampires. girl, too. It'd be that one girl, too, that's like at the bar and she's like, don't go home with him. He's a terrible person. I'd be like, girl, I know. <laughs> Read the newspaper tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Girl, I got you. I like you. I like you. We're gonna go out more, but like, don't, don't tell anyone I was here. <laughs> you didn't see me. Yeah. Go exclusively to Burning Man. Yo, Every- fucking Gen-, Gen Z vampires probably have like fucking three point five million followers on fucking Instagram, Twitter, and fucking TikTok, dude. Because oh, like yeah. every video is just like hypnosis. You like me. I know you're looking at me and you think I look plain, but something about me is really drawing me to you. So go ahead and uh, follow me and, uh, you know, smash that like button. Smash that like button. (laughs) I would have, I would heavily think it's like makeup influencers would be secret vampires. Hell yes. Hell yes. (laughs) Definitely. That and like those like Twitch gamers that don't ever go to cons. Mm Mm-hmm. Or don't do face reveals. Yeah. Are probably vampires. Especially the ones that go like 24 or 48 hours at a time and shit. Yeah. Yeah. The they're like, oh. Yeah. They're just like, oh yeah, another 48 hour live stream. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> How are you alive? Yeah. Don't ask questions. That's how I'm alive. <laughs> 48 hours is about the time I can go without drinking from another person, you know. <laughs>
by then I'll have a follower on my doorstep. Go ahead, swap me. See what happens. Yeah, see what happens. <laughs> I will say now that they have those like voice changing mods, it's becoming easier and easier to become an influencer vampire. True. Without a doubt. Very have you true. seen that guy on TikTok that makes it sound like he's a little kid in Call of Duty lobbies? No. Oh my god. It is my favorite thing. I feel like that has a mass like massive potential to just go horribly wrong. Probably. But yeah, he'll like <laughs> I I'll send it to you because he pops up like daily on my TikTok, but he just like pretends to be a little boy. And he'll be like, All right, guys, we're gonna get this. I'm gonna carry this team to the win. And he just sounds like a 12-year-old. And it's <laughs> so funny because all the other people in the Call of Duty lobby will be like, Did this kid really just say he was gonna carry us to a win? Or like when <laughs> Because now there's, like, you can hear the people's mic when they kill you uh-huh. so, in Call of Duty. So he'll kill someone in the game. And he'll be like, all right, let's go. Another headshot, baby. And he sounds like a 12-year-old. And people get so mad. So mad. It's You're not even so supposed funny. to be playing this game. Where are your yeah. parents? Or he'll be like, you know, he'll win. He'll be like, mom, 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 I won, mom. And it's <laughs> so funny. So funny. Oh my god. People yeah, must send be it fucking to livid. Oh my god. And he's like an, an adult. He's just an adult with a voice changer. And it's so good. It's my That's favorite. Hilarious. I love it. Yeah. Or he'll like pressure people on the internet. Like basically he'll like say things and to make, you know, people bring out their parenting clothes. Mm-hmm. Like their parenting hats. And they'll, he'll like he'll be like, I'll send you five dollars if you let me be on your team. And he goes kid uh, the teammates will be like kid don't no don't send people on the internet money like don't do that that's not the way that's not the way <laughs> yo that would be me that would be me yeah. i'd be like time out where's your mom yeah i need i need to have i need to have a conversation with her please put her on the phone yeah no no no. seriously it's for your best interest okay <laughs> it's so good. i'd be that person i would fall for it 100 percent. i don't even like children which is why it's important that you hear this from me okay yeah literally i saw um also have you seen the vr among us really quick before we go back into the story vr among us is you know how like normal among us has a lot of children on it yes and like the open lobbies vr among us is the same problem um so there was this guy there's two different situations i'm gonna tell you about really quick the first one this guy um basically was like trying to teach this little girl a lesson and he goes okay what's your home address she tells him and he goes never do that again never do that again are you kidding me don't do that that's He's terrible like, yeah because he was like trying to make sure that like she wouldn't do it you know yeah like this, i think this guy was like also a parent and he was like yeah yeah don't do that again holy don't shit. do that that's terrifying uh-huh he goes oh, someone's gonna end up at your house that's scary because this kid was like five six maybe yeah. like little little kid it's a terrible then, time to be a parent yeah <laughs> and then it said there's another video i saw where this guy chased a child in vr as the among us character he goes yeah i'm the imposter i'm gonna kill you and he's like i'm gonna get you i'm gonna like chasing this child and try to keep oh my the God. kids out of the vr well it's like it's not an on like seven-year-old should not be in open online games that's a terrible idea you know anything that's a lack of understanding 
that's a lack of understanding from their parent. Gotta be. It like, has to be. I had the internet when I was in fifth and sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I'm an elder millennial. Um, mm-hmm. And like my dad loved computer. Both my dads loved computers. My, my stepdad and my biological dad. So like I had computers in every home that I was in pretty much mm-hmm. from the time that I was like in fourth grade, which was way ahead of the time for a lot of people. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. only had computers until like computers at school only until they were like in seventh, eighth grade that are my same age. So like I was an early adopter of AOL and chat rooms and like my parents watched me like a fucking hawk, like a hawk. Mm -hmm. There was one time I talked to somebody that I wasn't supposed to be talking to and my mom like found the conversation and like flayed me alive verbally. Like it was rough. I was grounded for like 7,000 weeks. It was terrible, right? Like I learned the hell out of my lesson and never made that mistake again. Mm-hmm. The idea that people are allowing their child, like, into spaces that are even less, like, responsive, like that yeah. that are that have more people in them, because like the, like when I used to be in chat rooms and stuff like that, like teen, you know, in sync fan club chat room, right? When I was in those, there were maybe like three hundred people in it. It wasn't like there are a thousand people trying to get into one server of this entire Call of Duty franchise right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are a million servers. Like it wasn't even that big like back then and it was scary as hell so like i can't even fucking imagine especially because yeah. there's now software to like you said like that guy can pretend he's 12 how many people are out there with software making it sound like they're 12 to other 12 year olds yeah like and i just you could use your power for evil easy i know oh and my I god i just don't understand because it's like you gotta think these people's these kids parents are definitely like max max elder millennials you know because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like Gen X is like what fifty? Mm-hmm. They're not having kids. Well, the, those men, those men are still having kids. Let's be real. Yeah, they're men. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, I call my parents a boomer. I think my dad's Gen X. Actually, I don't tell him I said that. Um, yeah. If he's but, under fifty-five or fifty, then he's a he's Gen fifty-six. X. Yeah, that's like Gen X. Okay, because like boomers are like six. That's like sixty. Yeah, like because my mom is like a baby baby boomer because my mom yeah. was born in 60 60 is like not quite a boomer i think dan's um, mom's baby boomer too then yeah like my mom is like barely gen x at 1960 okay. i feel like gen x is like anybody who because like there's there's also a generation in the middle of baby boomers and gen x as well that nobody ever talks about and that's like the generation my mom is in because baby boomers like the boom came from people coming back from like war like from World War II mm-hmm. and shit. So baby boomers are like Jason's parents, like people that were born in like 1940s, 1950s, mm. um, 1960 to 1970. Like anybody who was like a teenager in the 90s, that's Gen X. So like if, if okay. it's 1992 and you're in, you're in your senior year of high school, that's Gen X. Like if you were old enough to go see Nirvana as a concert, you're Gen X. If you are like Janine Garofalo and you watch Daria when you were in college, right like that's gen x yeah and i feel like my mom my mom was 24 when she had me in 84 so like she's like right before gen x i'd mm-hmm. say i feel like people yeah. born in the 70s are gen x back to the book either way <laughs> so um i will say there is some weird stuff in this moment about uh louis being like a lover to yeah. Claudia and I was like I don't know if that's just you know supposed to be a different definition yeah I think it's like romantic like language lover not like, like sex it. lover yeah it's 
So I admit that line is also in the movie. Mm. I don't know if, if you wanted to watch the movie as Probably. part of this uh, this review here, this analysis, but mm -hmm. there's definitely a part where Kirsten Dunst looks at Brad Pitt, baby Brad Pitt in his face and is like, a lover. And I'm just like, ooh. As a kid, I was like, ooh, I get it. I'm also 12. And I get yeah. why you would want him as your lover because he's fine, right? But mm -hmm. like, older adult Candace is like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah, back when you're 12, you think lover just means Maybe sometimes not. you look into your eyes, each other, each other's eyes yeah. a little bit. You know? Yeah, and it gets romantic, and you hold hands, and you blush a little bit. No, mm -hmm. that's not that's not. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, no. <laughs> um, but. Claudia finally pushes Louis to leaving. Um, and she's like, we're going to get a boat and we're going to go to Europe and it's going to be great. Yep. We're going to find is, out about our ancestors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she, she's from Nola, right? Like she's, she wants to find out about her vampire ancestors. Okay. Cause she's like, I don't understand what this is. Yeah. Lestat is a fucking idiot. Like, I love it. She's like, look at him. He's a fucking idiot. Clearly, he doesn't know anything about anything. Why do we trust yeah. him? He's a fucking fool. Like, we mm -hmm. need to just go out on our own, strike our own fucking, forge our own path, and just leave. And Louis like, yeah. we can't be free of him. I've tried. Trust me. I've worked yeah. hard. I've tried killing myself. I've tried going out in daytime. I've tried ignoring him. I've tried moving to a different plantation. None of those things rid me of this man. Okay? <laughs> He's never going. He's like the Cat Came Back song the very next day. Like, he mm -hmm. will never leave, right? We will never be free of him. And she's like, oh, bet. We won't be free of him? Challenge accepted. And she's like, damn. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't think this could get worse. And yet here we are. Literally. <laughs> yeah. So Claudia's like, hey, Lestat, who turned you? And Lestat's like looking at Claudia. He's like, why, why are you asking me that? None of your business. Yeah. <laughs> that's me and a personal problem so <laughs> and then I like the idea that Claudia's like just swinging her little legs and like mouths to Louis and is like we should just kill him <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way we're gonna be free alright it's gonna be quick it'll be painless in and out and then we'll get yeah. on the boat okay that's the plan and Louis's like why is everyone always making plans without me and then and making me do them with them? I'm really tired of being a fucking pawn in this great epic battle that I'm not even in. Yeah. Like, Louis? That's all like, he is. He is a pawn. Yep. He has no backbone. He's, None. You know, he's one of those people where it's like, you know how there's the whole analogy that people are either leaders or followers? Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely, like, barely even a follower. He's like a goat with the boat. If the boat's sailing away, I guess I'm following. Like, <laughs> like a toddler with a leash. He's going with you. Wherever you go. <laughs> I saw a toddler with a leash at the mall yesterday, and it gave me so much joy. This kid was losing, <laughs> losing their mind with the leash on. Just like, she had to pick this kid up, you know? And yeah. Ugh, toddlers with leashes are my favorite thing. I think it's hilarious every time I see one, especially when they got the bungee capability, you know? Mm -hmm. yep. Like, it gets to a certain point and they're screaming at the end of the leash. I think it's <laughs> hilarious. And especially when they can't figure out how to take the leash off. Wow. Even more joy. I don't yeah. know who invented toddler leashes, 
is but the I think time, it's though. so funny. I do. Yeah. I really think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're just like holding this kid by the leash and you're like yanking him back. Agree. Joy. So much mm-hmm. pure joy. Anyways. So Louis knows that Claudia is going to kill the stats tonight. So uh, Louis's just like, yeah, so we're going to like go to Europe, I guess. And I'm like, why would you even tell him? Why would you tell him? <laughs> because he's fucking like, like there's, there's a very serious love-hate relationship. I don't think that there is a love-hate relationship as strong as this one in like mm-hmm. any other modern novel that I think I've read. Like this yeah. is like the very definition of like, I fucking hate you, but I can't live without you. Like, he's like, so I fucking hate you. Lestat's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. what's new? He goes, well, what's new is I'm leaving you forever, you bitch. Ever. I'm going with our child. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. We find out that ba- Babette apparently died young because people said she was insane. and She died because she turned crazy. And I'm like, well, that's your mm-hmm. fault. It 110% is. Yeah. And Louis's like, I kind of feel bad. Yeah, you, <laughs> you should. should. <laughs> you turn this woman insane. You should feel bad about it. I mean, he did try to do the right thing. He was like, "Yo, girl boss, girl boss, until you're you know, until you're fucking dead, Babette, because they're gonna make fun of you because you're a lady." And mm-hmm. like, she did that, but then like, he decided to come back to her house, which was the beginning of the end. If he had yeah. just left her alone, she would have thrived. Yeah, she would have been fine. She would have done great. They would have written history books. She would have grown her. up to be. Yep, she would have grown up to be a super racist old white lady that has a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. She'd essentially be Paula Deen these days. <laughs> That's what yep. she would be. People would be like, look at her. Ahead of her time. Truly. I forgot Paula Deen's racist. I kind of forgot Paula Deen existed. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, me too. But then I'll go to the grocery store and I'll see like some white lady magazine with Paula Deen on the cover. And I'm like, really? She's the one that sure? said a slur, right? Yeah, so she said a bunch of them. She oh. said uh, she called people that worked for her the N-word in like a private conversation that wasn't oh. that private. And then like other people were like basically bandwagon and were like, yeah, we've heard her use that term like multiple times. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, I'm sorry. I come from a different generation. Like, I will say she got incredibly- old, right? I mean, she's like 65. Like, she's a boomer. Like, she's not ancient. She's not like 100. She's like 80, maybe maximum between 60 and 80. Mm -hmm. But she, like, she's very, um, she did the whole apologizing thing. She's like, I have people of all races working for me. And people are like, that's not the flex you think it is. Yeah. Um, And so, like, she went away for like five minutes, but it was before, it was when Barack Obama, I think, was still president. Like, it was before (laughs) Donald Trump and Mm -hmm. our current state of things. So it was back when people were like, well, if you're apologetic enough, I guess we'll give you another shot. It's not like today where it's like, we can't be, you can't be trusted. Yeah. (laughs) We can't trust you to have another shot because you might fuck it up. So instead, we're just going to collectively decide that you don't really exist anymore. Bye. Is it Martha Stewart that like hangs out with Snoop Dogg and their homies? Correct. Didn't she go to jail or something? Like she sure did for insider trading. Oh. Yeah. Because I, I felt like the her hanging out with Snoop Dogg all the time was supposed to be like an apology to her, but I don't remember what for. So her hanging out with Snoop Dogg happened when she was trying to get back into the public eye because people judged her really harshly. 
especially because she didn't go to like real jail she went to like rich white lady jail where they like uh, eat yogurt parfait for lunch and shit like it was like a fancy jail where yeah. you like are outside in the sun you can like tan and stuff um it was one of those so but she did her time like she did a she did a bullshit thing and she went to a bullshit jail right like no surprise mm-hmm. there so then, like, Snoop Dogg was like, yo, why are people shit-talking Martha Stewart? Like, she went to jail. Like, she did her time. Like, why are people saying shit about her still? Yeah. So her and Snoop Dogg became friends because of that. Because he was like, listen, like, reform. Like, Yeah. And I think they did, like, a they were, like, cast in, like, a commercial together or something mm-hmm. like that for, like, unexpected pairings. And, um, and they, like, stayed friends. Like, they're still friends. Like, they still chill. And, like, yeah. Martha Stewart's like, yeah, I've smoked with Snoop Dogg. It's not really my thing. Like, I haven't smoked weed in a long time. It doesn't really do much for me. But, like... I appreciate that he does and like they they genuinely chill like they genuinely yeah. hang out and, like bacon shit i i like couldn't remember what she did i just remember that like whatever them becoming like her becoming going on her apology to her led them yeah. to have, like a genuine friendship and i it yeah was, i love it i don't know why to this day it's yeah. beautiful like they had that whole cookbook yeah together and like that tv show what was that tv yeah it's really it was cute. a pun i don't remember what it's called though it's like smoking something yeah, I can't remember. But like it's it's really charming yeah. though, their relationship. They're I think it's adorable. Not mm-hmm. even gonna lie. Yeah. I don't even I don't sometimes I don't know how we spiral to the point <laughs> that we get to. We but... were talking about how Babette would be Paula Dean and then oh, Paula Dean to Martha yes. Stewart. Okay. Yeah. I was like, how do we get here? <laughs> Is there a map? Um, yeah. But yeah, Babette, Babette dies. It's absolutely Louis' fault. Mm-hmm. And then Louis is just like, I'm going to tell Lestat about all of my inner working plans so yeah. that he'll he'll be jealous. And Lestat's like, you're not leaving me. Yeah, Even Lestat's if you go to Europe, funny. I'm going to come with you. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? It, <laughs> he's like, Louis does that whole thing with like villain monologuing. <laughs> yep. Let me reveal my entire plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and then Claudia's like, you know what? One last time, I'm going to try and make some peace with Lestat. Maybe we don't have to kill him. Maybe we can just leave. So, then... But, like, okay, that wasn't even true. It was a cover. So, she brought two little boys in. She goes, I brought you a present. And I thought this was going to be her villain origin story turning one of these boys into a little vampire. Yeah. Incorrect. Incorrect. Um, yeah, so she poisons Lestat with, like, the blood of this. She lets him choose. She's like, yeah, whichever one you want, and I'll have the other one. You know, this will be great he's for us. Like, he's, but he's, like, ready to go in on both. He's like, ooh, yeah. for me. Like, he's already greedy, like, out the gate. Like, yeah. finding out it's a trick, like, you don't even feel bad. Because you're just like, that's too fucking good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe you should have been a greedy bitch. Like, maybe this wouldn't be happening to you. I know fucking laudanum i did not know that laudanum would keep your body warm longer after you're dead that's nuts i didn't know anything about it. i'd never heard the word before yeah yeah so laudanum is something like in small doses mm-hmm. um in small doses people used to use laudanum like medically like and like to knock people out and stuff like that but like it doesn't take much to just like absolutely destroy you um so like that's what she does she just like poisons these kids Makes them look like they're alive, and he fucking goes to town. Yeah. Embarrassing. I love that she poisoned them both. Like, you remember in The Princess Bride, when he poisons both the cops, and he's like, I should yes. get myself immune. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Same energy. 
you know, like very like, much oh, yeah. same energy. Yes. And he's so mad. He looks at Louis and is like, can you do something about her? And Louis's like, I didn't know this was happening. What? Yeah, he's like, what? You didn't yeah. tell me you were doing this? Claudia's like, no, because you fucking tattletale. You would have mojo jojo this entire plan and then he wouldn't have drank the fucking children's blood. So no. Which is not a fact. <laughs> and then, yeah. So his body shrivels up. And I'm like, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's horrible. Do they do that on camera? It's a bad look. Can you see it on camera? What? Like, do, they, do they do that in the movie? Do they shrivel the body? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's no! actually pretty... It's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie to you. It's pretty awesome. So, like, it's, like, it's 90s, so it's not, like, the perfect... C- it's not perfect CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, they do it... They do it, actually... There's a, There's two different versions of it. One version of it is when Claudia turns into a vampire. They do, like, a pan... They start like at the back of her head kind of and they pan around as she's like breathing. She's like freaking out and she's like having this moment where she's like clutching to Lestat's arm. It's very dramatic and scary. So she's like drinking from him and he like pulls away from her finally and is like get off me like you can't and like flies away from her. And so she's still like freaking out and you can see like it's totally like Kirsten Dunst but a baby but like she's like freaking out and her hair is all like dull and like mousy brown and straight and like scraggly looking and her skin mm-hmm. is like really dirty and she looks really filthy and she's got like m- like mottled skin and stuff. And basically what they do is as the camera kind of does this semicircle pan around her face, you see her hair get lighter, get curlier. And then like her skin gets very, very fair and her teeth grow. Like it all kind of happens like in one motion. So basically when this happens with Lestat, it's like the opposite where they're like zooming in on him as he's like, like falling apart essentially like he drinks from the boys he's like what the fuck is happening here why would you do this to me he goes to get claudia to try to like 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 hurt her and harm her Mm -hmm. but as he's like reaching out to her he starts like feeling the effects and you can see his skin get like dark and like very heavy and like kind of like almost like all the blood is like sinking to the bottom of his face and his eyes like cloud over it's really disgusting it's fantastic though it's really good it's really gross but it's awesome i can't wait to watch the tv show same I don't even know what they're going to do because I think like, again, I think we talked about this briefly in our first episode, but like, um, I'm pretty sure that they're trying to make an Anne Rice multiverse because mm-hmm. her, her series, uh, the, the witch books, witching hour and Taltos and, uh, there's one that begins with an L Lasher. Mm-hmm. All three of those are in the same universe with the vampire chronicles. So I don't know if after this season, like, I don't even know how far they go. If this season is like the beginning and end of the whole thing, or if this is just like the first part of this book, like, I don't know how far they go in this yeah. show. And I don't know if they're going to have sequels. Like if they're going to do the vampire Lestat next as a show or what's up. But like, I'm very excited to watch that. We could have an entire Anne Rice podcast, probably. Absolutely. There's so much material. I don't know that we'd be able to get through it because some of it is really just slow something yeah. that's not the most exciting like it takes a lot of patience i think to read Anne rice kind of like stephen king because there's just like like in the witching hour that book is like a bajillion pages long like the paperback is even thicker than this one it's like nuts and mm-hmm. when you read it like they're talking about this house that the mayfair witches live in mm-hmm. and it's like 15 pages just on the house like it's, oh god i'm exaggerating but it's yeah. like it's like multiple pages where they're still just talking about this fucking house like someone's standing outside the house and they're describing the house and it's like half your life so <laughs> i 
I'm definitely down to try another book with you to see if you're into it. But if you are not into it, I will not be surprised nor hold it against you. Fair. Okay. Fair. <laughs> so they decide that the best way to handle the entire problem is just by throwing Lestat's body in the swamp, which to me is a terrible idea because the whole thing idea. is his body gets dehydrated. So yep. you would think, yeah, let's continue that. Let's not throw it in a body of water. Not smart. So now like it's fine that he's in a body of water because you know that he needs blood to survive, but like, mm -hmm. it's not as though swamps have no animals in them. So that's my problem. Like now that I live in Florida, especially I'm like, that is the mm -hmm. worst place to put someone who's a vampire. Like he will be just fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're assuming that, you know, that fully took care of him. I would not assume that. No, I would have thrown him in a fire. And then taking the ashes to multiple clandestine locations. Yep. I really hope... I use clandestine a lot. I'm really hoping it means what I think it is. I think it means. I probably should Google that later. Because I've only ever heard the word. I've never looked it up. Which word? Clandestine. Oh, clandestine. Yeah. So that's like undercover of darkness. Top secret. Okay, good. Excellent. I use yeah. that word correctly then. I just, mm -hmm. I use it a lot, like in my daily speech. And now I'm like, I've never actually looked it up to confirm that this means what I think it is. I watched too many like little CIA, CIA shows when I was a kid. There's and now it's, yeah, it's become a part of my everyday vocabulary. <laughs> so yeah, Louis cannot stand Claudia at this point, which. Yeah, he's super upset. He feels very betrayed and lied to, which like. You're part of the reason she's a vampire, so you should probably just, like, chill out, because it's not a cute look to be upset that somebody is mad about something that you did to them. Literally. <laughs> Claudia is bawling her eyes out. Again, fair. Well, because she, like, doesn't want him to hate her. She's like, yo, you're all I have left now. Can you, like, <laughs> stop being this way with me? Like, but then, like, part of her acknowledges, like, I guess this is why Lestat was the way he was with you, and I'm like... <laughs> I mean, I can't really blame her, though, because, like... No, know, not at all. She's not trying to get all. a move on. She's like, we got a boat to catch, places to be. Come on, let's go. Let's move, you know? Yeah. And then Louis's like, you know what? I'll forgive you. Which, again, I don't really feel like she did anything wrong here, you know? There was a problem. No. She fixes the problem, and you're upset with her? Like, for what reason? None. Zero reason. Yeah, and then Louis decides to go to the cathedral, which was weird. Poor um, choices all around. Yeah. <laughs> they start having like this weird fever dream about the end of the world out of the blue. Mm -hmm. He decides to handle this by going into a confessional and talking to a priest. And then the priest was like, um, I don't think your brother was really a saint. And he goes, don't talk about my brother like that and drinks yeah. blood. And I was, a lot you're happened. Like, you're like, bro, your brother has been dead for like fucking over half a century. Like yeah. at this point, what more is there to say? Well, brother's been dead probably at least a hundred years. Yeah. Like what more is there to talk about? What more is there to be mad about? Like, why are you throwing these temper tantrums? Yeah. Just calm down. Yeah. Cause like you have to assume we know Claudia is 65. So it's been at least yeah. 60 years since they turned Claudia. And yeah. I'm assuming they did not turn her the second they got to new orleans you know i don't think it was like the first year like i think they were in new orleans for a while yep and they were on that plantation mm -hmm. probably 10 years 
mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it had to have been close to 100 years, right? Yeah, I'd say between 80 and 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild. And he's still like, I mean, I guess you don't ever like really forget your family dying, but, you know. I feel like it's because he feels such guilt Probably. at not believing his brother. Especially like knowing that like when he like earlier in the book when he's like talking to people about his brother and he's trying to like cope with that like before he's like truly a vampire or like right as he becomes a vampire mm-hmm. like part of the guilt that he feels is like a lack of belief finding out that there are vampires it's if he's a vampire it was totally it could have totally been real that his brother was a saint right that his brother yeah. was having these visions because like he didn't believe in the supernatural so he just thought oh my brother is just so plain and so simple and i'm so plain and so simple Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy or amazing could happen to us. And then something crazy and amazing happens to him. And he's like, oh, fuck. Like, maybe I should have. So he's yeah. carrying that weight around with him for forever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what really sets him off, too, is that, like, his brother was blonde. And, like, he remembers, like, seeing his brother's, like, broken body at the bottom of those steps. And then he looks at Lestat after Claudia kills him. And he's like, he, like, sees it all over again. Like, again, yeah. my brother. Again, blonde. Again, like, you know what I mean? Like, he has this, like, flashback. And, like, gets all in his fucking head about it. And, like, as hard as it is for Claudia to just, like, not know humanity, I feel like it's just as equally hard for Louis to have this humanity weighing on him. Because, like, those memories are memories that should have slipped, slipped, you know, by the way, like, forever ago. Like, when we meet Lestat, like, he has his father that's he, that he's tethered to. That's a piece of his actual humanity. And it does not keep him from being himself. It doesn't keep mm-hmm. him from being a vampire, from being a predator, right? Like, he's not held by that past and louis is held by a ghost like he's not even held by a real person you know what i'm saying like held back by a real person so Mm -hmm. like it's just interesting to me i feel like because this is part one Mm -hmm. i'm more patient if this were another book and this was just like halfway through the book i'd be so annoyed right now because i'd know there wasn't enough time for me to find out more information of like how he finally like sloughs off that outer layer of like his humanity Mm -hmm. because like at some point he had to have like made some kind of sacrifice or some kind of like reconciliation with those feelings or he wouldn't be sitting in front of this boy having the interview and like that's one of the things that i find so compelling about this book is that like there are moments when you're so whisked away and wrapped up in this book that you forget that he is legit talking to somebody in like yeah. whatever day and age that this is, right? If we're expecting to believe, if we're expected to believe that it's when the book was published, it's like late 70s, early 80s, like this vampire is just chilling with this guy in a room and has not eaten him over the past seven hours that he's been sitting here giving his testimony. So like, you know, something must have happened if he's not still like crippled by this, like, you know, this these bits of humanity and existential dread. And he's also not like, completely feral where he like can't be around a human without wanting to drink from them right but Mm -hmm. like it's like the slowest burn you're like where are you going like how could you get out of this now like even claudia like claudia kills lestat and like every page turn is just like what the fuck could happen next yeah what could we where do we go from here right like (laughs) Mm -hmm. i can't wait to read part two i'm so excited oh my god what a way to end part one though like yeah yeah so basically they decide to go to Europe. No, well, not decide. They've been decided, but it's like they're more moving the process. They're packing up their bags. They're like, all right, we're right. going to go. Um, and there there was this boy. I forgot to have it right in my notes because I didn't think he mattered. But yeah, this boy Lestat was hanging out with all the time. And it seems like Lestat was kind of using him as a blood bank in a way. Mm-hmm. 
Like it was a weird yeah. relationship between the two of them. And then um the the guy like follows Claudia home because he's like, Where's mm-hmm. this at? Where is he at? Tell me where he is. And Claudia's like, he's gone, he's on vacation, he's on a business mm-hmm. meeting. <laughs> um and turns out vamp or the musician boy is a vampire now. Mm-hmm. The stat found is came back to life, turned mm-hmm. that kid into a vampire, uh, and now he's like ready to enact his revenge on Claudia mm-hmm. and Louis. Yep. So Louis tries to light the stat on fire, doesn't really seem to work. No. The entire house goes up in flames. Like Louis grabs Claudia, they're just running out of there. Um, and that's the cliffhanger we have to mm-hmm. end part one on. And I was so mad when we did this recording, <laughs> like we did the first recording because I wanted to read the part two, but then like I realized it was going to take us a while to get through part one. So yeah. I've just been sitting with this cliffhanger and this yep. vision of them just like sprinting straight out of this building for weeks, weeks. Yep. In my mind, I, like, think back to, like, the 1800s and, like, early 1900s and how many, like, weird fires there were, like, all over the country. Mm-hmm. Like, there was just, like, a random fire where this whole, like, block was burned down. And in my mind, I'm like, how many of those were vampires fleeing their masters? How mm-hmm. many? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is that how all great fires start? Somebody is trying to, uh, like, obscure evidence of something, of some misdeed or wrongdoing? Because yeah. that's how it feels. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, being a book kid and reading about the supernatural from a very like young informative age, there's a lot of times where it's like you learn about history and you're like, Hmm. So you're telling me you want me to believe that all that just like happened to happen. Something spontaneously combusted and there was no vampires involved. And people were fine with it. They just accepted that this just happened and it was okay. I don't think so. I'm like, Hmm. I call bullshit on that. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) And people think you're all crazy for being like, oh, that seems like weird and kind of supernatural. And they're like, supernatural doesn't exist. And I'm like, okay, can you just like play in space for five minutes? Because that's it. your life's kind of boring if you really just want to turn down the fact <laughs> that, you know, you're going to just believe that lightning happened to strike possibly this area on a clear and not stormy night and lit the whole place on fire. And you're telling me you believe that? Over anything? Okay. All right. You know what? Go off. Go off. That's fine. (laughs) Live your life, man. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) Whatever. Go for it. Yeah. Or it's like people who adamantly don't believe in the Fae and they're like, I'll just like kick this mushroom circle. I'm like, what if you just didn't? (laughs) Just on the off chance. On the off chance that... Just leave it alone. (laughs) Yeah. That all of that's real. Why would you want to like run that risk? That's how horror movies start. Okay. I mean, I was in an argument with somebody in college about magical creatures. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no way of knowing. We haven't explored every single surface of this earth yet, right? Like, mm-hmm. we haven't explored space. We haven't explored the depths of the deepest depths of the ocean. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of things that we still don't know, right? Like, and it's, and it's within the what realm of reason, right? Like, fairies, for example. Like, is do I believe that fairies exist? I don't know. I can't say one way or the other, yeah. right? But I do think that, like... At one point, there was a certain kind of magic on this earth. Even if the magic was is what we now know as science, mm-hmm. those people believed it was magic. And because they believed it was magic, it was therefore magical, right? So yeah. I was in college. I was arguing with somebody. 
this guy was a neuroscientist and he like thought he was like just the most brilliant person in the world. And, um, and like he was, he was super smart, but like he was not the end all be all. Mm -hmm. And like, we were talking one night and like, I had mentioned that I think that mermaids exist. And he was like, what are you talking about? Mermaids do not exist. That's the most ludicrous thing anyone's ever fucking said. You believe fairies exist? I'm like, well, I mean, there's like areas in Scotland that like people haven't been to areas in Iceland that like people have traversed. Sure. But like, yeah no one's there like day to day. Right. Like mm -hmm. I absolutely believe that there are probably like things that we don't understand and we can't know mm -hmm. that live in those spaces. Right. Because there's nobody there. Like why wouldn't it be able to thrive there? Right. Like mm -hmm. we just don't know about it. And he was like, that's like saying giant squid exists. You're being fucking crazy. And I'm like, giant squid do exist though. And he's like, no, they don't. I'm like, well, they could. He's like, what? Like Robert Louis Stevenson, like 30 fucking 40, 50 feet giant squid that's impossible i was like okay and then like two weeks later they found the first giant squid <laughs> and it was like all over animal planet and i remember going back to like a house party like like a year later like hey remember when you said giant squid don't exist he was like don't talk to me about it okay it's a fluke i'm like <laughs> it's not a fluke though yeah it's just something that we didn't think was possible until it was the depths oh. of the ocean. You're not going to tell me at the bottom of the ocean. Now, do I think they look like Ariel? No. no. Do I think that they look like pale, weird creatures that have like long limbs and like pallid skin and they're fucking scary? Absolutely, I do. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're like beautiful looking. I think they look like anglerfish people. Yeah. That's what I think they look like because they live down there. But the thing too is like, you're telling me you think that we're the only like intelligent species in the entire world? Like, Fairies could exist, but they are probably aliens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. everything, it's going to evolve differently to survive on whatever planet it's from. Well, I mean, it's also, like, our brains as well. Like, mm -hmm. people have studied, you know, the human brain, and there are, path, like, neurological pathways that a lot of us don't even use. Like, there's parts of our brains that, like, no one ever accesses because we have no reason to do so. Mm -hmm. But to me, I'm like, what if that unlocks dimensions? Because, yeah. like, we already know that the way space and time and physics works, right? That there are dimensions, right? Th Three-dimensional things occur because of physics, right? Because of the way that we understand... I think it's physics. Because of the way that we understand, mm -hmm. like, 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 like spatial recognition and things like that, right? So mm -hmm. if there's a spot in our brain that could understand a fourth dimension, we don't mm -hmm. know what the fuck's going on, right? Like, I look at my cat all the time and I'm like, I wonder if you can see fourth dimensions. Like, if there are people that used to live here... Or people that are like otherwise invisible because they're operating in a different, at a, maybe at a different frequency or in a different dimension. Like, I wonder if cats can see that, which is why cats are always looking at stuff and we're like, what the fuck are you looking at? You're being real fucking creepy right now. Yeah. And maybe they're not being creepy. Maybe they can just see the ghost that's over your shoulder, right? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, anything could really happen. Like, and mm -hmm. I think that ruling things out like that, when, like, instead of being like, there's no way we can know everything, to me, one is hubris and one is reality, right? Mm -hmm. Like, reality is there's no way we could know everything. Mm -hmm. there's just no way right there's just certain things that we're just not gonna know and we're just gonna have to be okay with that right yeah. like people dying of paper cuts i'm sure people were like witchcraft when someone mm -hmm. would get over a paper cut right they'd be like how did you stay alive someone nursed you you used a saline solution what is that witchcraft right it's just yeah. salt and water man no it's witchcraft is what it is right like people were burned alive for that shit one one day like back in the day like mm -hmm. you can't to to act like there's not going to be any new discoveries just puts us at, at, at pretty much zero, right? Like we're not in the black, we're not in the red. Like we're just at neutral because there's nothing, there's nothing more to discover mm -hmm. at that point.
So to me, I'm like, the people that want to insist that all that stuff is fanciful and it's fairy tales and it doesn't exist, I'm just like, that's somebody who doesn't have the healthy curiosity about the world around them because it's absolutely possible. Like, scientists recently found out that water can store information. Like, that's some fucking, like, yeah. you can store, you can make a water computer one day, maybe. Like, that's bananas to me. That you can store memories yeah. and data in water. Like, that's that's insane. like that's crazy. Go back to 1960. Tell somebody that they'll punch you in your face. Yeah, right? no. like, like, okay. yeah, whatever. <laughs> what are you saying? Right. So like, JK Rowley's writing that like, down. For yo, Bellator. like honestly, like even like yeah, for like legilimens. So like that's what I'm saying. Even like something as simple as like a talking stream, right? A ta- a babbling brook that like talks to people. Mm-hmm. In my head, I'm like, okay, so you're a poor villager. You have no public education whatsoever. It's 1600 AD right Mm -hmm. you're strolling through a forest you're picking some berries and some truffles right you're doing your daily tasks and you hear a voice and you look over to the stream and you realize that you're alone in this forest and nothing could be talking to you but you hear language right you hear speech like in my head i'm like okay was that just early days of of water holding memories like was that some kind of like scientific reaction that happened that created that incidence Mm-hmm. that this person heard was there a bird perhaps because we know birds now can speak like back then they didn't know birds could like be taught human speech so like yeah. was it maybe a bird that was just smart and like said something to somebody right like there's there's all these like little like explanations that we have now for things from the past so i'm just mm-hmm. like well what's the next thing right what's the thing that we all feel grounded in right now that gets blown wide open and 50 years right well, 100 like years people talk about dragons you know like most stories come mm-hmm. from somewhere yeah. It could possibly be that we have the timeline long, wrong for when dinosaurs went extinct. That could happen. Yes. yes. You know, they could have lived a yes. lot longer than we realize, and then people's stories got passed down. You know? Well, I mean, even scientifically, right? Like, a dragon is a gigantic beast mm-hmm. that, despite being huge, can still take take flight and be aloft on, the, on, on like, the breeze, right? Can mm-hmm. take flight and be in the air. So in my head, I'm like, well, if a dragon is just built like a giant bird, then like their bones might be less dense than a dinosaur's mm-hmm. because dinosaurs are grounded, right? So like, maybe that's what we're looking at. Maybe the reason, excuse me, maybe the reason that we don't have examples of dragon bones and things like that is because they crumbled, right? They were very fragile. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it was their outer hide that was really tough and kept them strong, mm-hmm. but their insides were like soft and, you know, like they went quickly, like. Or like you're saying, like maybe the timeline was fucked up and people saw what they understood as a dragon, but it was really just like a dinosaur left over. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. again, the realm of possibility is huge. Yeah. And I feel like there are some people who feel great comfort in being grounded by facts and reality. And I think that there, that's, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I'm not criticizing people like that at all. But I do think that, especially like if you talk to an old person, right, that mm-hmm. watched a black and white movie like let's say an old person born in like 1930, right? They're hanging on for dear life. Like they're really getting up there. And you talk to them about going to see their first movie that was a talkie. Mm-hmm. It was black and white. The, 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 you know, the audio track had to be synced to the video. Sometimes it would be off, right? It didn't mm-hmm. look the way that you wanted it to look, etc. And then you like show them, I don't know, fucking Wally. You show them Avatar. You show mm-hmm. them, you know, like any any kind of movie in like an IMAX that's 3D where you feel like you're in it and you give them that experience like that person never thought that was real they never thought that was possible 
yeah. color TV was like, oh shit to that person. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so to me, I think like, I think that there's a certain amount of humbleness that like I get from reading fiction. Like there are some people who don't like reading fiction. They only like grounding themselves in what's real and what they know. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I get it. But to me, like imagination, I think is what drives an innovation and an invention because like without imagination, everything is just status quo. You never, you never question anything. There's no reason to, you know, reach further or reach beyond. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the idea, even that there are vampires, like granted there might just be a collective human subconscious where we all just kind of thought something at the same time across multiple continents. But I feel like it's not a coincidence that every single culture and every single ethnicity, every single race has a version of a vampire with that. And, but they don't exist. That's not real. Like, yeah, that's how I feel about ghost stories too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, absolutely. Oh, okay, you're gonna tell me ghosts don't exist. Okay, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I don't think so. And we may no. one day find out that it's like that's a, people living in a different dimension, just being able to interact yeah. with us. That's entirely possible. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like maybe their maybe their their plane is like layered on top of ours because again, like dimensions can exist like. The way that I understand it anyway, like there are different planes of existence. So if they're living on like a higher or lower plane than us, but in the same space, then yeah, it would stand to reason that we would see, you know, maybe like ripples from their existence if, you know, depending on where they are. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I love the intersection of science and magic. Mm-hmm. Like I find it deeply inspiring and intriguing. Um, and like this book doesn't really do that. I guess this book kind of suggests it by giving us this like, real-time kind of conversation that's happening with Immortal and Louis while he's recounting all of these experiences that led him to that moment. But, like, I do like the idea of, like, taking it a step further and, like, thinking about, like, how all of these things kind of are enmeshed with our actual culture, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, in real life. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just very interesting. Anne Rice is definitely, was definitely, and is a, definitely a legend um, yeah. in her own right. Like, Again, like you can shit talk her her fucking verbosity, right? She just really goes in on her descriptions. <laughs> like there's like there are a lot. I mean, this book could be half the length and yeah. probably still be good, right? Like, <laughs> but at the same time, like the woman understood an aesthetic, right? She understood a vibe, mm-hmm. and like this book is nothing if not consistent with that vibe. I will say that very very consistent yeah yeah so if you're actually a vampire and you uh want to let us know um our dms are always open i do we will interview you yeah <laughs> probably via it will Skype. it will be unbiased yep it will be unbiased yeah <laughs> maybe maybe zoom um you are not invited to my home sorry not sorry no. um come through so to speak <laughs> oh my god you watched that tiktok right that i sent you about I them? Did. oh god so, so good oh my god <laughs> no one's polite anymore dad <laughs> do you want to borrow my top hat <laughs> <laughs> i mean you should really have your own but yeah in a pinch <laughs> what's so wrong about writing a letter asking for a formal invitation to someone's home so good Oh my god, that creator did a wonderful job. I, yeah, A plus plus. Whenever there's a, there has to be a Gen Z vampire movie coming out at some point, and whenever that happens, well, a Gen Z person has to work on it. 
Mm-hmm. Gonna start there. Because I'm telling yes. you right now, if you put a millennial in charge of it, it's gonna make it sound real whiny. <laughs> it's gonna sound so whiny because they're gonna be like, um, I just want to stay inside and play video games all day. I don't know why that's like the Gen Z thing. People think we just stay inside all the time. But, you know, okay. Uh, so I'm at least a team of two Gen Z people need to work on that movie. And I want to be there for the early premiere, please. And thank you. And just like, let me consume that content. If there are books about a Gen Z vampire, send that my way. I do need it in my yes. life. Yes. Especially if it's just like a Lindell Vela novella. I need it. <laughs> Thank you. I love being able to put these requests out into the ether. It is my favorite pastime. Thank you. <laughs> but that is where we're going to stop. And we're going to talk more about part two. And I don't know. Maybe they get to Europe. I'm going to assume they get to Europe. Maybe Claudia turns in an entire boat on the way to Europe into vampires. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. Vampires of Penzance. Next time on Barely Bookish Podcast. So good. <laughs> Candace, where can all the people of the internet find you and the stuff that you're doing? Uh, I am. Um, so I have been Candace. You can find me online at Candace Magnificent or at that Candace girl. My pronouns are they, she. Um, I am a podcast performer and a GM. Um, I am also a TTRPG performer um, and a voice actor, uh, as well as a writer. So um, you can find me at at that Candice girl on Twitter, um, which is where you're going to find most of my updates. I'm also at Magnificent One on Hive, if you are looking to jump the Twitter ship. Um, You can also find me at Candice Magnificent everywhere else, including uh, Twitch, where I am a variety streamer. I do uh, ukulele shows, Lego streams, and assorted video game shenanigans. Um, So please come through and check me out. Um, And if you want to talk books, I'm always down to talk books. I have a fairly obscene library in my home um, because I have a problem, Um, which I guess like loving books is not really a problem until you have to move. But, you know, Um, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. Please come and uh, chat me up. And you'll definitely catch me on more Barely Bookish uh, for the near future until we finish this masterpiece. Yeah. We're going to have a lot to talk about in the near future. So much. So So much to talk about. Oh my god. I, yeah. This book isn't even that big. Like, I have the mass market paperback. And I was like, oh, you know, we'll get through. I should have known. I was like, we'll get through this in three recordings. No. (laughs) I want you to know that part one takes up like half the book. Yep. And I was like, oh, we'll get through it. It's already parted out for us. No, I was I was wrong. I was incorrect. Nope. But it's It's funny too, because the copy that you have is a different copy than the one that I have Mm because I had to rebuy it because my mom like saw like a like Maury Povich or like Sally Jesse Raphael back in the day. Somebody like Phil Donahue, some talk show host, some Dr. Phil style talk show host, but in the Mm -hmm. before times um, was like there are people out there that are sharpening their teeth and they're drinking blood. And my mom was like, you read a lot of vampire novels. And I was like, I, I do. And she was like, mm-hmm. I'm watching you. I was like, watching me for what? Yeah. I'm not doing anything. So one night, like I got bad grades because I was up all night and my teacher was like, she's not turning in her homework. This person needs to do more. And my mom was like, how dare you make me feel bad? You've brought shame upon our entire family. I'm tearing up all your vampire books. And she ripped my copy of Vampire of, of Interview with the Vampire to like shreds. 
and I no. haven't been able to find that original version. So like there's a third, that's how often this book has been, has been published. Mm-hmm. So from between 1995 and now there have been at least three different covers of the publication of this book because you have a different one than I have. Yeah. And then neither of these are the version that I used to have in the nineties. So here's the thing. (laughs) I hate mass market paperbacks. I only get them when they're like used copies. And Mm -hmm. this book was $2 and I didn't own it. And I, I know this about myself that I hate mass market paperbacks, but I always end up buying it if I don't have it. And then I like, because they're always so cheap. I know. It's easier. It's easy to be like, yoink. That's why. Well, it's a trap. I, I just like buy a different version of it. That's yeah. a point usually too. Yeah. So like this one I've predominantly read on um uh my ebook, you know. Like I've mm-hmm. mostly been doing it that way because it's easier than mm-hmm. I can have two windows up and take notes while I'm reading it at the same time. Um mm-hmm. And I just, I hate holding mass market paperbacks. I don't know why I keep buying them. Because it's like, you're like, you know, I feel like a giant. You're a little pinky fucking. Yeah, I'm like, I get my hands around it. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, they always print it like so close to like the middle, like the bleed line. I'm like, all right, let me just rip this in half so I can read it, you know? Yeah. I have a hardback copy of this book, Mm -hmm. but it's like a fancy edition that's signed. And it's yeah, like in yeah. a slipcase. It's like the 25th anniversary, whatever the fuck. I'll show it to you next time. But it's got like a gold side. It's like real fancy. So mm. I can't read that, obviously, ever. No, no. Yeah, um. I got one. <laughs> I have one book that's signed. And that one will never be read. No. I already read it. I, I bought a copy and then I won a giveaway and got it for free signed. And I'm like, yeah. yep, you're just never crashing stay there. Nope. That's it. You go and you look at it and you go, ah, and then you put it back on your shelf. <laughs> yeah that was the one i like moved so carefully like all of my books i had to move them to my parents new house because they have not come with me to this my rentals because you know when you assume you're never gonna like actually live in a place forever it's hard to move those bookshelves because yep freaking heavy um so yeah they just kind of live wherever i go but okay we have to end this recording because <laughs> So, too friendly too friendly it's fine but um thank you so much candace for hanging out with me and we will catch you all in the next chapter bye thank you for having me yeah. bye